Welcome back, listeners. Morse code here. So I'm watching the live feed of Josh from HQ, which is way better than being trapped in the bunker because I can eat chips. And I know what you're thinking. Morse code. That's terribly unprofessional for a spy. I don't care. It's been a few days without Josh having a guest over. I saw someone going through the bunker security, so I got an air immediately. It looks like that's our from our social marketing. Podhacker suspected Josh would invite her to the bunker, but eventually. Here we go, listeners. Well, Bess, thank you so much for coming to my uh, kind of James Bond villain lair kind of uh, vibe to this place. Uh, but it was, uh, this place is abandoned. Um, I think it was like a spy base during the Cold War. And, uh, you know, it still has like kind of like that 1980s vibe. But, I you know, what it. I like, it's totally private. So we can, so you can give me all the best stuff. We're going to talk about blogging and we're going to talk about content. We're going to talk about marketing strategy because uh, you're locally, like people need to know, like you're the, you're the queen here in, in Orlando uh, and, and, and all of central Florida. You're, you're very, very well known. Um, and so I'm hoping that I can, I can kind of ask you some questions I've never been able to ask before. Um, you know, but, you know, before I do that, and I'm, what I'm doing is, as you can see, like I'm taking a bunch of notes right here because I'm working on this top secret project. And, and I just want to let you know that there's absolutely no way anybody is going to be listening to this conversation. So absolutely private. So you can share all your best stuff. Josh, you know, the Cold War was all full of spies and double spies. <laughs> and I don't know, but I'll, I'll trust you. Okay. I'll trust you. All right. All right. So, uh, so the first thing I, I definitely want to, first off, uh, thank you so much. So, um, so you, I just want to say thank you so much for allowing me to keynote, um, Florida BlogCon last year. That was an amazing experience. Um, talk about a big stage. I mean, that full sale is just a beautiful facility. I mean, that's where they film WWE. Uh, they film that there and, uh, what a gorgeous facility. How many years has Florida BlogCon been uh, doing its thing. Yeah. So this will be, so we're, we're starting our ninth annual will be, you know, September. Yeah. We'll be back at full sale and full sale, uh, for those who have never heard of full sale. Now I was born and raised here in the Orlando area and back in the eighties when I was in high school, full sale was kind of this weird alternative school that nobody really Mm. kind of did what they did. And now fast forward to, you know, today, and they're one of the top schools in the world for video editing, music Mm -hmm. mixing, uh, any type of creative digital arts. I mean, they have this award ceremony every year where they have like 35 alumni that work on, you know, Oscar winning projects every year. And just, you know, they have a big Grammy show because all their alumni win Grammy awards. So it's (laughs) state of the art and it's amazing. And they're such a good fit for Florida BlogCon because... You know, bloggers and content creators, they're all using all the digital stuff. They're using all the new tools and they may not yet be at the full sale level, but they're pretty good at, you know, mixing some video themselves. And so it's a great space to be there. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, all right, so let's talk about blogging. Um, and so um, when you're uh, launching a, a show nine years ago, obviously, you know, blogging was it on on the web. You know, you had blogs and you had forums. And, you know, Facebook, I think, was just really kind of picking up some decent momentum. Um, you know, clearly was a thing nine years ago. Uh, but I wonder now... In terms of interest from what I'll call content producers, where do blogs fit in all of this? You know, so I started Florida BlogCon. It was a very opportune time. It was 2009 when I first started blogging. I wanted to go to a blog conference, but there were none here. Even in the Southeast, I had to like go to New York or something. I, I was a full-time teacher at the time. I couldn't take time off to you know fly up there and attend a conference. So I did the next best thing. I went around to all the big bloggers I knew here in Orlando, and I said, hey, if we have, if we have a conference, a get-together, will you share what you know? And everybody was so gracious that they all said yes. And so that's kind of what started Florida blog. I was, a, it was a, I'm an opportunistic person. So it was the timing that was good. I was feeling a need. But you're right. People were just discovering blogs. They, they were kind of familiar with the mommy blogger. Yeah, you know, right. That was, that oh, was a yeah. Thing. Um, mm-hmm. But fast forward to today, and it was interesting. Um, I just had somebody tweet me on Twitter the other day. Uh, and it was a writer kind of saying, you know, I just heard that, you know, blogs are making a comeback. Do we really need this? Really? Yeah. So I got my mama bear, you know, attitude on and I said, well, you know, the thing is blogs have never gone away. Right. You know, your favorite news organization has a blog. Your favorite sports illustrative writer has a blog. Your favorite you know, celebrity has a blog, your favorite, uh, you know, local charity organization has a blog, your mom has a blog. So everything. In fact, I read somewhere where over 50% of the websites that you visit are a blogging website, whether you know it or not. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Orlando Sentinel is a blogging website. The New York Times is a blogging website. So even though people don't realize that they're reading blogs all the time, they may not think of it as a traditional blog, but even a step further, you know, there are all sorts of different types of blogs. So there's photo blogs. There are vloggers that are video Mm -hmm. bloggers. There are podcasters that are just audio bloggers. So there's all sorts of different type of content. So I think how blogging fits in today's landscape is even better than ever. It's just we have to broaden what we think of as a blogger. So even Mm -hmm. those Instagrammers that, you know, are telling their personal stories through their Instagram, they're bloggers. They just don't call themselves that. Right, right. So let's not get too hung up. I mean, what we're talking about, you're communicating to an audience. And so um, now you could choose to write, you know, a 5,000 word post. And I think that when people think of blogging, that's what they think of. Um, But, you know, a blog post, it's, you know, doesn't need to be you know, where I'm just going to write out everything like that. And in fact, I would say, I mean, Google may like that, but in terms of like the content that I absorb, it's multimedia. I mean, it's, and in fact, uh, you know, a great blog post is going to show me images. It's going to have some videos embedded. Uh, 
you know, I'm going to feel like I'm connecting with whoever the writer is. Um, Not only that, that, so you mentioned Google. Yeah, Google is still by far the king. I mean, everybody uses it. You search something, you go to Google. But let's think about how what you're doing with this podcast, you're creating the audio content. And now people are thinking, oh, gosh, we have to worry about voice search optimization in addition mm-hmm. to search engine optimization and so a lot of times so i don't know if you have an amazon alexa oh, i do yeah. i love my alexa and so i and she's lighting up right now as i'm talking about her <laughs> <laughs> she's always listening uh-huh. uh, so um you know i think that even the way we search for things though is differing. So Google, you know, they're going to have to fight to stay king because they say by the end of 2020, voice search is going to dominate the search that we do. Right. I can see that because, you know, we want, we want instant information. We want all of our questions answered. We want to understand things uh, quickly, very, very quickly. And, um, you know, sometimes you, depending on what it is that you want to learn, like video is going to be like, look, I need to know how to fix a doorknob. So I'm going to, I'm going to search that on YouTube. Um, and other things, uh, are just going to lend themselves much more to a written format and other things. Like if I just want a quick answer to something, I'm just going to ask Alexa, why would I, why would I go on my phone, type in blah, 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 blah. Uh, But the thing is, someone needs to create the answers to those questions. Someone needs to create that content that, you know, um, you know, what we need is, believe it or not, we need more educators. We need more people that are willing to serve and give and teach others. And so that's what we're talking about. You know, and at, at, so at Florida BlogCon, uh, very few of the sessions feel like they're actually on what people would think traditional blogging. You know, we, we have sessions on, pod, in fact, we've got two sessions on podcasting this year. Uh, we've got a session on branding. Why would, why would a mm-hmm. blogger need to know about branding? Well, how are you going to market your content and get it out there so eyeballs see it? Uh, we have, you know, Facebook Messenger bots. So we have you know, a whole variety of information. And you're kind of like, well, what does that have to do with blogging? Well, that's because bloggers are really just, as you said, content producers that tell a story or deliver a message. So let's talk about all of the content that, that you personally produce. Okay. Give me a list. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So, um, you know, currently right now for, you know, most of what I personally do might spend my days on would be just helping to market our conference. So FL BlogCon being an annual conference, um, we have to create content, you know, graphics and images to promote the conference. Our theme this year is story, which has Uh. to do with storytelling. Everybody has a story. Every brand has a story. They want to tell what's the next step in your story or the next chapter in your story. So we like that theme. So currently right now we're uh, posting long form, you know, word text uh, stories of different content creators. Uh, But next we'll be going to some video. People have created video for us to tell their story that way. And so we'll be Mm -hmm. posting video next. Um, We've also had uh, a podcast. So for FL BlogCon in general, though, we've had, uh, you know, two seasons of a national TV show. We've had uh, radio for a year. And uh, we've even had an Alexa, you know, flash briefing and things like that. So (laughs) uh, probably if it's some type of content, I probably either try producing or had a hand producing it somewhere along the way. (laughs) So quite a bit. 
And so, um, so obviously, of, out of all of that content that you're producing, the one thing that you mentioned that I think uh, people probably kind of cock, you know, if, if I were sharing this story with someone, because obviously no one's listening to us right now, uh, it's just you and I. Uh, but if, if someone were to hear the fact that you created a national TV show, can you explain how that happened? I sure can. Yes. So, um, we've live streaming is this wonderful thing. And I actually started live streaming all the way back in 2011 was my first, and that was what was called webcasting and nobody really knew how to do it. Well, um, you know, you, you could not just pick up your phone at the time and go live on Facebook. It was actually a complicated thing. You had, I think it was called Justin TV was the new thing and it was made for. Yeah. Right. So, um, we decided uh, as, as a group, Florida BlogCon, that since we were going to be talking about live streaming, or I guess it was called webcasting at the time, at one of the conferences, we probably should learn something about it. So we went weekly live. Ben Reed was my co-host, and uh, he was a fellow blogger, and we would go live with a, you know, we called it Blog Talk Live. Mm-hmm. And we would live stream, and it was actually seen by a producer in Virginia. That's the power of the internet. And so wow. a guy named Will Rodriguez contacted me and he said, I love what you're doing. We have an audience, I think, for new technology. That's what he called it. Uh, could you expand past the Orlando area? Because we were featuring bloggers that were here local. I'm like, sure, you know, blogging is blogging no matter where you live. So we can just drop off the, you know, the local part of it. And he said, great, I'll order up a season. So that was the first huh. table. And we produced a full season. We did, I think it was 13 shows was the season. And he ordered a a second one. But for the second year, uh, Cox National actually picked it up. So it went national. So all the Cox affiliate stations carried it. And uh, Bright House, which is now, of course, Spectrum, uh, saw it was getting national attention. And so they picked it up as well to carry it in uh, six six of their major markets. So, yeah. here I cut cable, so I'm not watching on TV. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure how big the audience is for that. Like, I don't know how many people compared to like if you were to just do this on YouTube, for example. Yeah. Um, but but there's something that comes with. I mean, so I was on one of the episodes. I was actually just look. You've got all the archives on your website right now. I'm at FloridaBlogCon.com/slash. Uh, blog dash talk. I don't, dash know, I don't know if season two is on there. So we actually have to get, uh-huh. because it was produced for Cox Cable, we have to get permission from them to be able oh, to. Okay. Up. So I don't think we have season two on there. I think we yeah. only got permission for season one. So. Oh, okay. I see my buddy Lou Mangello, uh, season one, episode one. Lou's yeah. a good guy. He's a great guy. He's always up for anything I want to try. I'm like, Lou, I'm trying something new. I don't know if anybody will tune in, but he's like, hey, <laughs> All good. Yes. I'm streaming to to television and what they were most interested in was the technical production of it and if there was an audience. Mm -hmm. So that's why uh, they did the first season as a test. Well, and I got to tell you, you know, having been on the show, it was quite an operation. I mean, there are a lot of people involved, a lot of equipment. I mean, it was, you know, you shot it in your home, but I mean... Yes, the lights, the cameras. Yeah, that's right there. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, the lights and cameras. I mean, it's a big, big production. And, um, well, that's that's amazing. So, obviously, you know, they 
took care of that, right? Or you had to part, I mean, you don't have to go yeah. into the details on how that all came together, but I, you know. Yeah, so, um, so, you know, we paid for the production um, mm-hmm. through the partnership. So that was fine. Yeah. Uh, the reason we personally did not continue doing it is you saw what a production it was. It oh my gosh, so much work. Yeah, and um, the way the profit was shared with it was, so made for TV, you have to do like 26 and a half minutes or you know, mm-hmm. they give you a specific time and you had to hit your time perfectly. And then they would divide up commercial time for you. So they could sell some of the commercials and you would sell some of the other commercials. Where that oh, sure. sounds good in theory. The problem was because it was proprietary to Cox Cable, they would not give us exact viewership numbers. Uh, and it's right. kind of hard to sell somebody when you can't tell them how many viewers you have and who's seen. Yeah, it. right, right. And so by the end of the second season, I'm like, you know, we're doing a lot of time here and we're not getting much back out of it. So right. besides great content that we may or may not be able to use, depending on uh-huh. permission. So that's why we limited it to, to two seasons. So yeah. But talk about the authority that you've gained from it in terms of like your professional goals. Yeah. So I'm always one. So I never mind uh, uh, ever, you know, doing shows, going on, creating content uh, because it really does up your authority. There's something about you being seen on TV or being seen on on a television show or even being able to say, hey, I was the host of a show. You know, I'm sure it's gotten me some clients from that and gotten, you know, me some looks Probably I didn't deserve it, but heck, I'll take it anyway. <laughs> right, right. And and so, best talk about the work that you do. So you um, you run an agency, or do you just consider yourself a consultant, or like what do you yeah. call your business? Yeah, I'm just a consultant. Uh, typically, word of mouth at this point, and you know, I'm I'm 50, so I'm I'm, I'm not having to be out there doing the hustle and grind quite as much as I used to, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. I'm at a, I'm yeah. at a point where I can, you know, kind of take on the clients that interest me and just a digital consultant. So if a, a company comes and let's say they're launching like, like a, a new ice cream uh, line that they want to sell online, mm-hmm. I can help them determine the best strategy to do that. Do they need to be selling it online or do they need to be in brick and mortar stores? Um, I can do some comparisons of, uh, you know, competitor comparisons. I can help them determine what will work best. And if something's not working, how do we need to change it? Mm-hmm. Do you, you know, you know, it's a great time to be in business, Josh. You know that because there are yeah. so many tools available. Unfortunately, it can be really overwhelming for uh, a company. You know, what do we need to be on? Yeah. Do we need to be on social? Do we need to be on Instagram? Do we need to be on Facebook? Well, yes, the answer is yes for Facebook. But <laughs> <laughs> what do we need to be doing with that since organic reach is dead? You know, do we need a yeah. Facebook Messenger bot? If so, how the heck do we build that? How do we build one mm. to be proven effective? So there's all these things that really a lot of people could use a guide for. And I'm, I'm happy to share what I know. And, you know, it's really, a, it's a passion of mine learning about these new technologies and seeing them in action because there are some really, really smart people out there. They're doing some incredible things. And, mm. you know, it's, it's my pleasure to be able to share that knowledge with, with these companies that, you know, need that guidance. You know, the thing uh, about hiring an agency and hiring a consultant uh, as well is that particularly with some of these emerge, or just things are evolving so rapidly in social and just in terms of reach and strategy. And if you are following the advice that was given three years ago, it's already way, way outdated. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so any book that you pick up, chances are that advice is not necessarily going to be 100% good advice. So yes. that's why it really matters. And so for a larger company or any company that wants to wants better return on investment from their efforts. Look, if you're going to be doing social, if you're going to be doing digital marketing, um, so we do a lot of work with sales funnels. We do a lot of work with media and branding and authority. Um, and I mean, we are in this. I, spe- I, I eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff like every single day. And, you know, for, uh, you know, when I work with a company, it's amazing you know, they might think that, uh, oh, well, you know, we want to get the word out. So we want to get some buzz. So, you know, let's send out press releases. And I'm like, oh, no, don't, don't, no. <laughs> no, that was, uh, now we're talking like 10 years uh, ago. Um, the world has kind of moved on from that. You know, um, Josh, and that's, that's one of the things I really respect about you. So I'm sure you, like I do, uh, come across gurus, and I'm putting air quotes yeah. for those people that cannot see. Um, these talk- Which is nobody, because nobody's listening to our private right. conversation, by the way. Right. Um, and these talking heads that talk a lot of theory, but have never yeah. actually done anything. I compare it to these coaches who are coaching coaches. They do click funnels that I'm going to yeah. show you how to coach. And then uh, they, you know, and it drives me nuts. I'm like, but you've never does. actually done anything. I know. I know. So that's that's can- the first thing. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Bess. I don't mean to interrupt. But I'm, oh my gosh. You know, social media agencies and I go to their social media and they've got like 120 followers. Look, I understand everybody starts, you know, at the small level, but you know, if you've got 120 followers, I'm sorry, but yep. you know, I, that's to me is a signal of your level of expertise. And so I believe that you are never going to attract, or at least you shouldn't be attracting a client yeah. that exceeds your level of branding and authority, which, so why I'm so big on that. So may I, Elizabeth, I mean, it's, it's a mutual admiration society around here. <laughs> well, you know, what I was going to, what I was going to say to finish that off was, is yeah. that you not only know all the lingo, the, the, research the information that's coming out today you're not only learning it but you put it into practice you're actually walking the walk in addition to talking the talk and that is so important it's such a differentiator in this world where i feel like probably gosh probably even as many as 80 percent only talk the talk and have never really actually sold anything or done anything past read the books and then put up a website regurgitating what they just read in that book. So that's what, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? And so well, it's so But Bess, isn't everybody just one funnel away? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, and look, I, I mean, I love, I look, I love, invite more people into this. I mean, we need, you know, it's important to be able to help other businesses be able to tell their story better, get more visibility. I love that. But you, you just... As a business owner, you have to be so careful. Like I blew 25 grand on bad PR, like on an agency or a, a, a freelancer who ta- you know, talked the talk. I mean, but, uh, you know, foolish me, I, I just didn't know what I was doing. And, uh, you know, I, you know, $25,000 later, I got one introduction to a reporter and I got to speak at a lawn and garden show. And that um. was my $25,000. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. live and you learn. But unfortunately, a lot of companies do not have 25000 to, no. to, you know, to flesh down the toilet like that. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> so, and, uh, yeah, yeah so, pretty you know, much it was. It was, 
down, down to the toilet. <laughs> so, you know, that does bring up the problem of how do you know who to trust? And I think that's part of what you, you know, you have that social proof, right? So mm-hmm. you can't fake being on a news show. You can't fake being having an article written up about you. I mean, right, you either right. do or you don't. And that's something that you really excel in is, okay, how do you make that happen? There's no, you know, there's no shortcuts to it. Uh, how do you make that happen? And that's something right. that, you really do well, which, so, you know, there are a lot of things you can fake, but that you can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. Beth. So, um, so talk about, I mean, obviously running an event, uh, Florida blog con now nine years, yeah. that has to have opened up a lot of doors for you. Like what, what have you, what have you sensed or felt heard, seen, whatever that you're like, that's because of that's because I decided to run this show. Like this thing happened for me. Well, you know, I'm not going to take full credit for it because I have this amazing team. Josh Murdoch, mm-hmm. Ben Reed, my co-host for a long time, was part yeah. of it. Right now, I've got Anne Marie, uh, uh, sorry, Anna Marie um, Walsh from Beauty and the Beat. So I have a group of bloggers mm-hmm. that always step forward and they're like, "Hey, we'd love to help be a part of this." Just awesome volunteers. Josh Murdoch's been with me from the beginning. If you're not familiar with yeah. him, he's Professor he's Josh. Good, Josh is a good guy. Holy cow! So I, I'm not going to pretend I did it alone at all. Um, like I said, beginning, it was the right timing. There was a need. I was filling a need, which is, you know, half the, half the recipe of success. If you can fill a need and do it well, you're, you're good. Um, but by doing that, you know, you, you jokingly called me the, the queen of, I get called the queen of blogging a lot. And I'm like, I don't even have a blog right now. How can I be the queen of blogging? But it does allow me to have certain connections with, uh, especially here in Orlando where it's based. Um, I do, uh, you know, get invited to speak on a lot of panels about tech, which I appreciate because mm-hmm. I consider bloggers, you know, tech, tech business people. We are tech entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, we don't create the tech necessarily, but we certainly use it. But you know what? So does Uber. There's a lot of tech companies out there that didn't create their own tech. Instead, they use what other people have created. So mm. I fully claim that. But you know, it's funny. Every year, I go through a little period of self-doubt with it. And it was really bad last year or two years ago, I think it was, let's see, what's, all right, we're 2019, 20, okay, so 2017, I went to full sale, and I said, hey guys, I want to have it again, but I don't know if I need to keep the name, I don't know if I want to keep calling it Florida Blogger Conference, because we just had this conversation, I feel like blogging has changed, and I don't know if blogging is still a thing anymore. Do people still start blogs? So I went through this period of self-doubt. We kept the name because of the name recognition. We sold out that year. And at the conference, I got more energized than ever uh, from uh, the amount of new people that were there. Every year we ask, if you're new to the conference, stand up, if you're returning. And it just, it, exhilarated me that, yeah, this is still a thriving industry. It's still growing. And so I haven't looked back since that time. And so now we are, you know, in our ninth year, still claiming the name Florida Blogger and Social Media Conference. What we're doing, though, is working to change what people perceive a blogger to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. That, that makes sense. So um, where do you think Florida BlogCon is going to be five, 10 years from now. <laughs> I hope right where we are. And now yeah. <laughs> that sounds funny. So I was in, uh, invited to enter uh, Greg Pollock's starter studio and that's a local yeah. 
accelerator. So I went into that with Florida BlogCon. And the first thing they do is ask you what you want to do with it. I really had no idea. This was back in 2014. And they're wow. like, oh, it's so great. You want to become a, you know, you want to take it national. You want to do all this. And what they didn't understand because they were not in the industry. Florida BlogCon was only a success because I had spent two years making contacts with mm-hmm. the actual audience here, giving them, you know, giving my services to them. Like, Hey, what can I do for you? What can I help you with promoting them on which my blog at the time, which was the central Florida top five, uh, excuse me, central Florida top five. I spent two years of, you know, partnering with them, shining the spotlight on them before I ever asked, Hey, I'd like to do a conference. Would you like to sponsor? Would you like to speak? Would you like to attend? And it's only because of those ties and giving to that audience here in Florida that I think Florida BlogCon took off. I would have a hard time replicating that in California. I don't know anybody in LA. I haven't given anything to them to then make that ask. And I think that is so important that before you do anything, you've got to serve your audience before you make that ask. And so I think that's what I had trouble with when I was in the tech accelerator. I'm like, you know, I don't think I want to take it big. Mm. And so after my conference every year, we do send out a survey asking our attendees, do you want to go to multi-day? Do you want more than one day? And it's always no. Most people, they're not full-time bloggers. They have a day job. That's why we hold it on a Saturday. That way they don't Mm -hmm. have to miss work to attend. And we always ask, do you want to go to a hotel so we can accommodate a bigger audience? It's always overwhelmingly no, we love full sale. So I'm hoping five to 10 years from now, I'm still right there at full sale. We max mm-hmm. out 312 bloggers or attendees. We don't just get wow. bloggers. It's an exclusive bloggers. event. Yeah, we get marketers, we get PR reps, we get national yep. brand reps that come in to try and make connections. Oh yeah. Not just bloggers. Um, and yeah, by being that exclusive event, um, it serves my audience's needs. We feel like a big time conference while maintaining the nice intimate space that it is. So mm-hmm. I, that's what I'm hoping you know, I was, uh, I was, uh, one thing I noticed is that, uh, there are a lot of influencers, uh, so we'll call them bloggers, social media folks, uh, or whatever yeah. they've got influence. Uh, and I was, uh, was sitting with at a table of paired, mostly travel bloggers mm-hmm. and these guys are, you know, they are working it, uh, working with a lot of brands, you know, they're doing a lot of traveling, uh, and, um, so I noticed that, and you're right, there are a lot of good PR people that show up. This is a really good event for networking, um, with brands and influencers, uh, where they can kind of converge together. Um, that's one thing I noticed. I, I would imagine, is that something that you've seen more of? Yeah. So our first year, um, our very first year, uh, it was, I think, probably people who had just started a blog or were interested in starting a blog because mm-hmm. blogging was so new. And I would imagine very tactical on like how to blog. Yes. Right. And, you know, we had uh, Visit Florida. They were brand new as well, but they, we had oh, some wow. there. She actually spoke about how to use Twitter. But yeah. interestingly, <laughs> she was the director and had no idea how to use Twitter. So her assistant, the one that actually tweeted, was sitting right in front of her, kind of coaching her through what to say. <laughs> So 
you know, so uh, it was brand new at that time. Since then, yeah, brands have discovered working with online influencers, either getting their products mm. into their hands through our swag bag, being yeah. on site, meeting them. Um, but, you know, it's still such a new thing. Brands working with online influencers mm-hmm. either go fabulously well or disastrously bad. And we've all right. seen, you know, the, the, the travel blogger that demands to be given a free hotel room at a luxury <laughs> hotel. I mean, we've yeah. seen those horror stories out there. They are far and few between. And what we really work to do is educate everybody, both the brands on what they should be doing to respect the influencers, but also the influencers on what they should be doing to deliver real ROI. If these brands Mm. are spending money on you, you need to be delivering the goods. Not necessarily Mm. exactly what they want because it is still your opinion, but you you need to produce the content. Don't just expect a free ride. So that's part of what we really spend a lot of time is educating both sides on how to work together to a really beneficial relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and I think, you know, I, I think the numbers I saw, so 2017, I think influencer marketing was a $2 billion industry. 2020, it's expected to exceed $10 billion in, you know, in, in movement of money. I mean, it's, uh, it's really, really amazing. And I think that, um, you know, if, uh, if brands, aren't at least learning best practices for this right now. I mean, it's, it's the, it's, I think, I don't think we're in the wild west so more so much anymore. I think it's really evolved quite a bit. Uh, but, um, I think it's important, uh, that, that brands, um, man, they figure this out quickly because, um, one thing I've learned, um, I'm a big fan of Mark Schaefer marketing rebellion and uh, two thirds of all, uh, consumer, buying is it's outside of the control of marketers. Yeah, it's we're, we're looking marketing. for user generated content, reviews, yeah. influencers, uh, content, you know, about the, I mean, we don't want to learn from the company themselves. I mean, unless they're really truly, you know, being willing to be a good brand journalist. Yeah. Um, we want to see what other people are saying about this. Uh, we feel like that's going to be much more objective. And, you know, it's interesting that even that is evolving. So you take Amazon and we find out that there were all these fake reviews on there to boost Mm. the Amazon search. And so Amazon did away with allowing reviews to add into where you show up on their search. So everything's evolving. And I think we still have a little bit of a learning period to go through. I think we'll get there. Um, You know, think back, you know, years ago, you know, with newspaper or television, you know, there took a learning curve to understand that what you saw on TV was not always exactly what you thought. You know, there was a lot of, a lot of hair and makeup and lighting and stuff like that to where you probably understood, okay, that may not be exactly what it looks like or what it is. It's the same thing with online. We've got this learning curve going on, but the learning curve is quickly being adjusted to, to where we are becoming savvier consumers and we know to go check several different places. We also have the platforms themselves, like Amazon, learning, okay, somebody's skewing the whole thing by putting in some fake reviews, so we need to do away with that. So I think as both sides are learning and that truth and transparency continues to grow, I think it's going to benefit everybody, but I don't think we're quite there yet. So, uh, you know, every, you just have to remember to, to do your homework, do your research, to make sure that influencer, are they being truthful with what they say? The reviews, are they being truthful with what they say? So we'll get there, just not quite there yet, I don't think. 
Well, Bess, I'm excited to uh, attend Florida BlogCon this year and uh, just thank you for everything you do in the community. I mean, you've really impacted a lot of lives by by pulling this community together and uh, making so many connections. Um, Central Florida, I know, should be uh, very, very grateful for the impact that you have. And uh, so uh, I have your top secret. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have to put the, the, the blindfold back on as we escort you out because I can't have you telling anybody about the location here. Uh, but thank you so much for spending this time with me and wow. kind of imparting your wisdom. Well, thank you. Thank you. And you know what? It's going to be a great conference this year. We're already looking forward to, to 2020, which will be our 10th annual conference. So mm. Josh will be getting the, the, the invitation to come back and speak because I think we're going to ask all our keynotes back to, to yeah. speak and have a big compilation. So we're excited about mm. it. But, you know, thank you for having me on. And, yeah. uh, you know, the Bat Cave here, you've got to <laughs> <come> on here. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Bess. All right. Bye-bye. So that was best. Seemed like some vital information. So if you like that, totally subscribe to this podcast. If you want more ways to spy on Josh, go to upmyinfluence.com. Man, these are good chips. <laughs>